Hi again, everyone. Thanks for listening to LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma, and this is Management Decisions. And for today's episode, we're going to look into the idea and practical application of ethics. That can be a little confusing and difficult to really understand at times. So we're bringing in an expert. His name is Jack Marshall. He's the president and founder of ProEthics. He also develops his own original training programs, and he does some consulting as well. So definitely the right man for the job. Jack, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. So we wanted to get into, obviously, some ethical conversations and some uh, relatively topical situations, and we were going to touch on the idea of Brian Williams. Of course, that's the NBC anchor who apparently was telling a few lies about uh, his own experiences and, and what went into that. I guess my first question for you is, he wasn't lying on air as far as his traditional job goes. However, he was doing it in a public way. How is that? unethical versus if he was lying at his job? Does that make a difference at all in this case? What's just your overall thought on what happened? Well, it makes a difference because it's only one person. And we often see this argument being made with politicians and others that there's some kind of a huge dichotomy between what you do on the job and Mm. what you do personally and in the public eye. You're one person. And therefore, in particular, in certain positions that depend on credibility and trust and integrity, you can't afford to be found to fudge on the truth for your own benefit in a non-professional setting uh, any more than in a professional setting. And of course, what made this a big issue was that it began with an on-air description by Brian Williams about okay. what it, about an anecdote, what had happened to him at the sports event. And suddenly, then he had to immediately come back on and say, no, I, I don't know why I said that. I knew better. <laughs> and then everybody started investigating and found other on-air questionable statements right. as when he was reporting Katrina. So it immediately, they're all connected. And the sure. issue is integrity. Is there such a thing as more or less ethical? And I'm phrasing that in terms of because he is in a position of, as you said, public trust, even though even myself having been in the media, you shouldn't necessarily believe everything you hear, of course. Does that make it less ethical or more of an issue that he lied versus, say, you know, your boss lies to you within the workplace and nobody really knows about it? Well, it's all, you know, unethical is unethical, but but there are certain higher standards that certain individuals need to be held to. One of the big discussions that I've been involved in is people say, why is it that we feel we should, we will hold a journalist to a higher standard than a public official or an elected official? And the answer to that is, it's kind of like accountants. You know, the job of journalists is to tell the truth, just like the only job of accountants is to tell the truth. So while, you know, a law firm, for example, could come under fire for unethical practice, when Arthur Anderson was uh, came under fire for an ethical practice, it was out of business because its whole business, its its entire existence depends on being trusted, mm-hmm. and the same is true of a news anchor. Sure. Oh, I think that does make sense, and uh, obviously that plays a big role into this. Speaking of which, you had mentioned that there was a New York Times opinionated columnist who basically he was decrying all the criticism that uh, Brian Williams was getting. He was, you know, saying things of, you know, why do we do this? Why do we try to ostracize people? Uh, what would your response be to that individual? Well, I think it's, it's a rationalization. I mean, it's basically, it's rationalizing, rational, rationalizations I describe as lies we tell ourselves to make us think we're saying or doing the right thing when we're really doing wrong and know it. Okay. I mean, the, what's so disturbing about that kind of opinion, and, and it's been coming out of a lot of places, is what it does is it suggests that we simply accept 
a lower standard for for professionals and that and we basically set on down the slippery slope of saying well a little lying is okay well a little bit more lying is okay <laughs> joe klein of time make made basically the same same argument that this is a feeding frenzy that this is a witch hunt no it's not this is someone who gets paid a lot of money mm-hmm. for people to trust telling us what's true in the world and what's actually happened and we basically find out that under certain circumstances he's willing to falsify that information and tell tell versions of it that either are not true or that in various ways, you know, enhance his own personality, his own reputation. Sure. Well, you know, if he'll lie for that, he'll lie for something else and he can't be trusted. And and that's why this is that's why we're we're heading into heading into a sim- similar set of accusations being made against Bill O'Reilly, who also, though he's a commentator and not a news anchor, mm-hmm. he's uh, he's uh, a truth teller. He claims to be a truth teller and therefore any legitimate allegation that he hasn't told the truth or, or fudges the truth or warps the truth goes directly to the only reason why anyone should listen to him. <laughs> you mentioned there the idea of the slippery slope determining, you know, okay, is one little lie okay? And then it kind of gets turned on its head where, for example, this columnist almost looking at the people who are calling out Brian Williams as being the ones that are doing something wrong. And it reminds me of the uh, Chicago area Little League team that, you know, of course, for those who know, they are found to have cheated. But then there are all these people that were getting mad at sort of the whistleblowers. Is that a big concern to you? Do you see that as being something that happens a lot, whether it be in the workplace or otherwise, where the people who are trying to stand up and say, look, we're not trying to get anyone in trouble, but this is wrong, that they become the ones that are seen as almost unethical in a way? Oh, it happens all the time. And and the example with the Jackie Robinson uh, West Chicago Little League team is a, is a perfect example. I just I just noted that uh, you know Rahm Emanuel is uh, the mayor is going to be giving them championship rings, and the the narrative that's been put out there is uh, the members of the team shouldn't suffer because the people running the team cheated. Well, you know, I was joking that they should engrave on the inside of the ri- rings. You know, who says cheaters can't prosper? I mean, <laughs> they shouldn't be. You can't get a championship when your team cheated. You shouldn't be getting rings when a team cheated. And, that, and that's a lesson that the sooner they learn, uh, the better off they are. Otherwise, the lesson is the ends justify the means. Mm-hmm. And, and the people that I refer to those people who sit around and uh, basically attack those who try to hold us to high ethical standards uh, as uh, ethics corruptors. They're societal corruptors. What they basically do is try to erode our determination as a society to be fair and just and right and honest. And by, turn, as you say, turning it on the head and making them the bad guys. Uh, why, are you, why are you being so bad to these poor kids who they didn't know what was going on? Why don't you just forget it? Let, the, let them take their title. Uh, well, you know, there was another team that played by the rules right. that lost to this team that cheated. I I think the real injustice should be focused on them, not on the team that benefited. I think that's a great point. Of course, it's difficult because to a certain extent, you're right because there are kids involved and they may or may not have known what was going on. But you bring up a great point there that, well, there's a whole nother group of kids who were cheated out of this too. So what about them? I think that is often lost in the conversation. So turning it back to the Brian Williams side of things, obviously ethics cross many different boundaries, which is why we can jump around a little bit. Is there confusion between forgiving someone, so in this case, forgiving Brian Williams for lying, versus trusting them? Because I feel like a lot of people merge the two, but they're not necessarily mutually exclusive. Oh, great point, Tim. And yes, absolutely. We can forgive 
Brian Williams, but you know, he has no right to be a $10 million a year uh, anchor man. I mean, that, you know, he can, there are lots of, lots of different jobs he can have and people can forgive him. Uh, forgiveness is fine. First of all, in order to be forgiven is that you have to, first of all, admit exactly what it is you do, mm-hmm. you've done without trying to spin it or, or otherwise put yourself in a different situation. The sources I've read said that this whole mistaken memory uh, uh, thing yeah. is nonsense. And of course, <laughs> what I refer to in the term I like to use is signature significance, which I used when I first heard this. And signature significance basically says that while we're taught to believe one episode or one incident or, or one example of something is meaningless because one thing can happen by accident any time, in fact, it often isn't, and particularly where behavior is concerned. And, and my feeling the first time I heard about the Brian Williams situation, well, this is signature significance. If, if this guy is a journalist and would actually tell people that he was in a plane that was, sh- that was shot at and hit by fire when he wasn't, then I would believe this is something that an honest and trustworthy journalist wouldn't do even once. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I predict that we will see that this wasn't the only time he did it, and we're talking about something deeper. So, sure. you know, he's, he may be a nice guy. He may be a guy who feels bad. He may apologize, but he's someone who's trustworthy. To give him this opportunity again, he's not. And that's why you're not going to see him again. I mean, the NBC's way of handling this, I think, was a little craven and slimy uh, because they <laughs> said, well, we're suspending him. He's not coming back. But now let's focus on now let's focus on how Fox News handles Bill O'Reilly, who right. in the same situation, we now have multiple examples, not just the one that was uncovered by Mother Jones, multiple examples where he seems to have been misleading the public or, or being deceitful. And that's, at that point, then it becomes a matter of, well, can we really trust this guy when he says something is true? Is it true? Or is he trying to make it more interesting? Or is he leaving out key stuff? That's the key. You bring up an interesting uh, scenario there because in bringing up O'Reilly, and of course you can find any other scenarios where people were lying in a situation you're talking about the media. When I informed my wife about what happened with Brian Williams, she kind of rolled her eyes and shrugged her shoulders like, yeah, well, you know, because she's always been very skeptical of the media, ironically, with me being in it at some point. Does that defense ever work? Does that play a role in ethics at all? The whole, well, I'm competing with these people and they're doing it, so I really have no choice. Is that just another one of those excuses or does that have any validity at any point? Well, you know, on my, on my website, I have a list called the Ethics Alarms Rationalization List, which I believe just hit 48. I have 48 rationalizations. <laughs> okay. And number one on the list is what I call the golden rationalization because it's the one you hear the most often. And that's everybody does it. Uh, and everybody does it sort of the theory is is that it's no big deal because that you have done it because everybody else around is doing it. So what's the big deal? Sure. And frankly, I'm hoping in media, news media, that there is a feeding frenzy and that we we all of a sudden every everybody out there suddenly says, you know what, I better check my facts and I had better <laughs> say what's really true because now there's a record and now they can track down what I say on YouTube and now they're all of a sudden checking that stuff. Right. Great, great. I hope I hope. They're all scared to death. And I think uh, if we find out, and I wouldn't be a bit surprised that it goes beyond Bill O'Reilly and beyond uh, Brian Williams, I think that's healthy and good for your profession because then the guys, the women and men who have been uh, scrupulous about saying the right thing and, and uh, saying the true thing and making it clear when they're, being, when they're stating their opinion as opposed to when they're stating their fact, right. those are the people we can trust. And they're the ones we should be paying the most money, giving the most airtime and uh, listening to. 
Another interesting thing to think about there you just mentioned, uh, making sure people know when they're stating opinion versus fact. That could probably be a whole nother show in terms of uh, that kind of communication. You noted earlier that NBC, they've handled this a little interestingly. Uh, they probably knew that he was inflating his resume, talking about Brian Williams in terms of what happened and what's been going on. Yet he, of course, was still on the air until it really kind of uh, hit the fan, so to speak. What is your take on that side of things? Is that simply because, hey, the money's coming in, everything's good, we can look past this? Uh, I guess, what was your overall thought when you saw how they handled it? It's what we call the star syndrome in ethics, and it means that, and every organization has to fight it. It's very, very hard when your high performer, your most visible performer, your most profitable performer starts breaking rules that would you would fire anybody uh, farther down the chain in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to say, well, yeah, we'll let you go <laughs> this time because we don't we don't want to harm the organization. But the problem is those people are also ethics corruptors because they're in the if they're number one, they're the people people look up to. They're the role model and they are not going to uh, hew to the same standards and rules that everybody else has, then they weaken those standards and rules. We see this on sports teams. Oh, where, sure. I mean, everybody, you know, that's where we see it most. Yep. But you also see it, you also see it in law firms where, a big, where they, they know that one of their partners who has the best clients and frankly is the best lawyer, but he's drunk two-thirds of the time. And he's even a better lawyer than they are when he's drunk, but he's drunk. Right. And they would fire any other of, they'd fire an associate in a heartbeat that came to work drunk, but this guy they'll let go. And that's a ethical organization cannot stop from serious damage once it goes down that path. And that's why when your number one guy and the guy that is so, uh, that so prominent starts breaking the rules, it's an organizational crisis automatically. And the gutsy ones are the ones who, like Boeing did a few years ago, when they when uh, a guy that they had just hired to clean up Boeing was found to have violated the um, Boeing policies by having an affair with his own secretary. Mm. They fired him, and mm. everybody said, "What are you doing? I mean, this guy's this guy's rebuilt the company. He's changed the environment. Right. There's no longer any. These guys are no longer stealing documents from Lockheed, and you fire him for that." And basically, the board said. <laughs> How are, how are we going to rebuild the, the culture if uh, the, our position is, is that the higher up you are, the more rules you can break? And so, no, he had to go. And that was exactly correct. And uh, I saw editorials from the right in the business community and the left, you know, because in the left, anything having to do with sex is no big deal, uh, <laughs> you know, condemning Boeing for integrity. Mm -hmm. They basically said, this rule says you can't do it. He broke the rule. We don't care if he's the CEO. Right. That's our rule. And the rule is no good if everybody under him says, hey, if you're big enough and rich enough and powerful enough, you can break any rule you want. Well, that's a great example of uh, the other side. As you said, most times we do see that star treatment. And uh, yeah, you're exactly right in the sports world. That does happen quite a bit. We're getting low on time. I wanted to touch on one more thing. Oftentimes when it comes to ethics, there's the confusion of also morals. And we're going to get more into that into another show that you and I are going to do. But in the workplace of any setting, do you think it is ethically ever okay to lie? I think it's deadly to lie, and 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 I think it will it will undermine it undermines both 
respect for authority when you're when you're lying downstream and trust in those who are subordinates if you lie upstream. And so, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln and George Washington were right. You know, don't <laughs> you don't tell you don't tell a lie and people don't lie lie to you. And and in especially in a business and an organizational community, it's toxic and it will there are uh, when I am brought in as a consultant to organizations, one of the first things I can find out right away by talking to uh, employees is whether they believe they're uh, hearing everything and learning everything and learning what's really going on. And that's transparency. And uh, transparency is extremely important to keep an organization functioning ethically. Jack, excellent stuff. Love having you on to talk about these type of subjects. Thanks again for joining us. My pleasure, Tim. Anytime. That does it for us here on Management Decisions and our conversation with Jack Marshall. Once again, he's the president and founder of ProEthics. You can check him out at proethics.com. And of course, we were talking about the idea of lying in the workplace, focusing heavily on Brian Williams of NBC. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes, send us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at the LJN, and you can find all of our episodes on iTunes as well. For everyone here at the Local Job Network, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. Mm-hmm.